Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Worrying is a habit that all of us commit most days. Friends, in this month, I want us to attack that habit of worry. What does it mean to worry? We'll talk about it. Today, we're going to talk just about what it means to worry about your future. And the best preacher ever in life named Jesus, he addressed this in Matthew chapter 6. And so for the month of May, that's all we're going to talk about. What is worrying? How do we stop worrying? What does it look like for us to worry? And so I confess to you from the outset that I am a worrier. I pray too. So this series will help me just as much as it helps you. I worry about the world and all of its hatred, its division, its cruelty, and even its hatred. I view the pandemic as a problem, and I worry if we are taking the effects seriously. I worry about what the future holds for myself and even for you. I pose the question of how can I live a life of significance. I too wrestle with how to deal with life changes and the constant battle of viewing myself as God's masterpiece, yet also questioning if I am enough. I worry because I wrestle with what could be and what is real. And I believe I'm not the only one. You see, the psychological definition of what it means to worry is that it means to be in a state of mental distress or agitation due to concern about an impending or anticipated event, threat, or danger. It means that you get so caught up in what could be that it affects your now. I know, I know, I've heard the great platitude that if you're going to worry, there's no need to pray. And if you're going to pray, there's no need to worry. Only if life was that simple. We all are tempted to worry because we care. We're tempted to worry because we are invested. But our mental anguish, although built on our inner compassion, is not the best use of our time. Worrying can destroy us and places more weight on us and our capacities instead of releasing our care, our anxiety to God. All of us worry about certain things, but let's learn this month how to lessen our worry increase our prayer, and ultimately add our dependence on God. I was once told that worrying does not take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. 
at the time in Matthew chapter 6. Huge crowds are following Jesus. They've assembled, they've gathered, and they want to see what great Jesus has to say. Jesus in Matthew 6 opens up his mouth and begins offering his phenomenal sermon on the mount. This is not a short sermon, okay? You would not leave early because this is not a short sermon. In fact, the sermon begins in chapter 5 of the Gospel of Matthew, and it ends and goes all the way to right before chapter 8. Talk about long. In this Sermon on the Mount, however, Jesus offers key lessons of life. Today, however, we go and examine the part of Jesus' phenomenal message as he focuses on what it means to worry. This unfruitful habit that all of us are guilty of committing, worrying. Right there in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Listen to the greatest preacher to ever live. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Friends, Jesus tells us right here in these verses this truth. Worrying is futile. Worrying is futile because after Jesus tells us not to worry, he lays out some key essentials for living, saying, don't worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. But when I read that, I was like, hold up, wait a minute, great Jesus. If I don't have food, I will die. If I don't drink water, I can't live. If I don't put on clothes, people won't be really pleased. So Jesus, how is it that you're going to tell me not to worry about these key, I mean important essentials? Well, Jesus His reasoning is due to the fact that if any of us profess belief in God, then we must trust that God will, in his divine way, take care of all our needs. The best preacher in the world named Jesus, our Messiah, you know him. He's telling us that there's no need to worry. Why? Because God will take care of us. Jesus is so masterful in his preaching. He's way better than me. He's so masterful in his preaching that he uses a bird for an illustration. He shares that the birds never have a future plan of how they're going to eat. Birds, you see, don't have a deep freezer where they can store away food and pull it out at the correct time. Yet every day God makes sure that they have worms to eat. He makes sure that these birds are taken care of. There's no shortage of food for the bird. Why? Because God in his wise providence, his divine care, he lovingly cares for the bird. Here's the truth. Jesus shows us that God provides for us in unknown ways. 
We don't know everything God has to do to wake us up in the morning. We don't know the times where we ran the red light possibly and it could have been a wreck, but he held up the car that could have collided with ours. We don't know the health problems that could have knocked on our doorstep, but God blocked it. Jesus provides for us in unknown ways. Why? Because he cares. Our lives validate God's divine care by the way he loves us, sustains us, and gives us joy. Yet he asks at the end of this section of scripture, he says, but hey, if you worry, does that add any other days to your life? Absolutely not. Friends, let me tell you actually what worrying can actually do for you. Worrying can actually damage your health. Worrying can actually cause unhealthy thought habits by having you focus on the wrong thing at the wrong time. Worrying can also disrupt your productivity. You're supposed to be committing some fruitful actions, but you're caught up in something that hasn't even happened as of yet. Worrying can negatively affect even how you treat others. You'll walk around catching attitudes with people who do not even deserve your negativity. But yet worrying, it also reduces your ability to trust in God. Why? Because you're caught up in the futile, unfruitful habit of worry to the extent that you can't even see the goodness of God. Friends, I want to just tell you, if you hadn't caught it by now, that worrying is futile, not fruitful. Worrying holds our lives captive and it hinders us from even getting the joy that Jesus has for us. As we kick off this month, this series of worry, I want you to catch this today. Don't miss this. Worrying is futile. But yet Jesus continues preaching to us in his eloquent manner right here in verses 28 through 32. Listen to the powerful preaching of Jesus. Jesus says, and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. Worrying's futile. But these verses of Jesus' sermon, they teach us that God knows and God holds the future. Friends, if you're worried about the future right now, I want to invite you to simply stop. Because God knows. Only God knows. And God holds even your future. In the words of Emily Gibbons, she once said that if you worry about the future and dwell on the past, you can't enjoy the present. You see, worrying, it leads us to questioning. They tend to go hand in hand. We as people are natural born worriers. <laughs> we love asking questions, wondering, OK, um, how will things turn out later on? Okay, uh, will this situation actually work out in my favor in the future? 
Um, am I like where God wants me to be? Will this work out for me professionally? Better yet, what will I eat for lunch? And it's eight o'clock in the morning. Better yet, what will I eat for dinner? And it may even be noon when you're asking this question. We live so much in the future that many of us tend to overlook our now. But friends, Jesus is preaching to us, telling us that we must do what is not even natural to us. We must shed our worry and trust that our Savior knows best. See, Jesus, the best preacher in the world, <laughs> you know Jesus, the preacher I'm telling you all about, he uses a flower now for an illustration. He literally says, this flower does not labor exhaustively to grow. <laughs> Yet God oversees the growth of the flower. The grass, the field, God sovereignly supervising this whole interaction. But I want you to know this flower, it began to preach to me. How, you may ask, I'll tell you. Well, the flower doesn't have some type of specific language to talk to God about its needs. Like, the flower does not, like, put its petal to the right or put its petal to the left to say, hey, God, I need to grow. However, God knows by sitting high and by looking low, God knows the flower's needs. God knows the flower's needs. Why? Because God is a good, good father who loves all of his children. Likewise, our good, good father knows what we need, and he knows what we need even before we communicate it to him. That's how great and how loving and how God providentially cares for us. And so what does it mean? We need not worry so much about our future. I'm not telling you to not be concerned, but I am telling you to not allow your concern to land you in Stressville. <laughs> so much so that you overlook your blessings right now. For God waking you up this morning, you ought to have a praise party. For God providing food for you, you ought to have a praise party. For God lifting you up and not having you in despair, you ought to have a praise party. Even if you find yourself in the middle of a hospital right now and you're alive at this moment, you still ought to have a praise party. Why? Because your life is a testament to how God loves, how God cares, and how God provides. My friends, today I want you to catch this. Our lives are drained by our worry, but our lives are filled by our trust. And if we begin to trust in God, trusting that he divinely will care for us, our stress level could decrease and our worry could be thrown away. Oh, but friends, as I'm reminded about not worrying, I think back to a time where I had childhood worry, and that was on Christmas Eve. I would worry so much as to how Santa would get my presence to me by Christmas morning. I had a good uncle, God rest his soul. He would tell me, Joshua, you better hurry up on Christmas Eve and go to sleep. The quicker you go to sleep, the quicker the Santa Claus can come down the chimney and deliver all the presents. And so I would force myself to sleep. I'm talking about just close your eyes as tight as you can, pull the cover up and just hold it tightly. And I do this until I fell asleep most years. However, as I grew older, I began to ask, how is it that Santa can come to Atlanta and all over everywhere else before Christmas morning just to deliver presents? I wondered, how was this man so awesome 
to do such a thing. And as I grew older, I found out that we were assigning to Santa what could only be assigned to our Savior. You see, God is the only one who is omnipotent, meaning that he is everywhere at the same time. God is the only one who can take care of our needs, my needs, and even my enemy's needs. And God is the only one who can love our dogs, who can love our ferrets, who can love the horse, who can love the possum, who can even love the flower. And all of of creation. Why? Because he is God and we are not. Friends, God knows and holds our futures in the palm of his hand. I know that's an anthropomorphism and many of you may say, God don't have hands. God is a spirit. Well, let me just say this to you in your nice theological sense and intellectually sound mind. I want you to know that whether God has hands or not, God is so divine that he's in charge of my future and he's in charge of your future. And if we would trust God instead of worrying, we could actually have more joy in our lives. We need not believe that we can work our way to a more magnificent purpose. Why? Because in Psalm 127 verse 1, the psalmist declared that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build and labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards Stand watch in vain. I'm preaching to myself, but also to you, because I know it's easier to question God than to trust God with our future. I know it's easier to question if God needs our help or not. I know even in this time, it's easier to question if God is sovereignly supervising this problem of the pandemic. But I want you to know that he sits high and he looks low and he knows and holds our future. Trust God if you don't have an answer to the regathering plan. Trust God. If you don't have an answer to your financial problem, trust God because when you trust God, God is always able to give you instruction. God knows. God holds the future. Oh, friends, he not only knows and holds the future, he outlines in his great sermon that worrying is futile. Oh, but I like the way the Lord begins to close and land the plane right here in verses 33 through 34 that he tells us in a loving way, instead of cycling through futile questions, go to a faithful God. Oh, listen to the words of Jesus beginning at verse 33. The text says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus walks us smack dab into the antidote for our worry. And that is go straight to a faithful God. Jesus preaches to us sharing that the future is something that only God knows. It's not something that we can manufacture. It's not something that we can produce on our own. And many of us are so stressed out even in this time. Not only because of the riots, not only because of racism, not only because of a pandemic. We were stressed even before all of this happened. You want to know why? Because we are carrying weight that's not assigned to us, but is assigned to God. We carry this weight and it makes us angry. It makes us lash out in anger. Why? Because we are carrying something that's not assigned to us. 
In fact, the Bible tells us this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It says, cast all of your anxiety, all your worry, all your stress on God. Why? Because God cares for you. Go to God with your worry. I'm starting to realize that life is more about accepting my limitations, understanding what I'm not, but leaning into who God is. See, if we began to accept that we are not made to go everywhere, do everything, and be all things, <laughs> but we serve a perfect God that has a PhD in being omnipresent. We serve a perfect God that has a PhD in being omniscient. We serve a perfect God who has a PhD in being omnipotent. And maybe, just maybe, if we stop trying to intercept and intercept God's praise and act as if we're divine, maybe we wouldn't worry so much. Friends, this week, you've heard Jesus preach. Friends, this week, I need you to survey your life. I'm challenging you to do that. Get off your high horse for a minute. Don't drink another cup of your greatness. Examine your life. It could be your friends, your family, your relationships. Find that thing that's causing you to worry the most, whatever it is. And I need you for six days intentionally to begin to pray about that which is worrying you. Because I believe if you will pray, God will work. If you will pray, God will act. If you will trust, you don't have to worry. And so, friends, our together takeaway to end our time today is this. God loves us entirely too much to leave us to navigate life alone. You don't have to navigate life alone. You don't have to worry and carry weight assigned to God yourself. Give it to God. You, there are so many questions going on in our brain right now. I listed some of them in the sermon. We don't know what the future holds, but we know that God won't leave us, that God won't forsake us. And so, friend, if you're watching this virtually and you do not know Jesus, I invite you today to simply pray this prayer and repeat it after me. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Friends, if you've just prayed that prayer, let us know about it because there's a party in your name that's being had right now. But if you are questioning right now, full of worry, what to do. And you have a prayer request, email us. Our email addresses are on spdl.org. Feel free to email us. Let us know how we can pray for you. And if by chance you want to connect with this spiritual community as we serve a perfect God, even as we are imperfect people. Let us know. Email us and I promise we'll get back with you. 
Remember this as we leave today. God loves us entirely too much to leave us to navigate life alone. Don't worry, it's futile. Don't worry because God knows the future. Don't worry. Go to God about your worry. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.